I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I am here in beautiful Cannes with Brad Hiranaga, who is the Chief Brand Officer of North America for General Mills. Brad, hi and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming to join me here. I mean, this has been an amazing week already, but we're almost at the end of it. Um, how's your week been going for you? It's been going really well. Um, we actually brought a bigger group of people than we normally do to can. We usually have a couple people that come just to take in the inspiration and bring it back to General Mills. But this week we brought a few more people so that they could really start to expand the impact that the festival has. And so it's been fun because everyone's been on a little bit of a different track and journey throughout the week and are coming back and sharing what they're learning and it's inspirational. And so we had leaders, we've had people that are more early on in their career and it's been a, like a good mix of people as well. Mm -hmm. And it's also been fun because we get to spend more time with our partners that are here doing great work with the other clients and with us. And so you get a ton of energy from it, even though by the end of the week, I feel like, um, I don't know if I can do another day of it, but it's super fun <laughs> leading up to it and, and it's like really motivating to come back with more ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm so stimulated with all the creativity around here. And you know, you mentioned you have a, a large team with you here. Help us understand, because General Mills is a massive company. Yeah. How many people are at General Mills? And, and tell us a little bit about your particular role, please. Yeah, for sure. So we have over 30,000 people that work at General Mills. Wow. And so it's a big company. It's a $15 billion company. We have 100 brands. We're in 100 different markets around the world. It's been around for 150 years. So not slice like ones and fives and all that. But um, <laughs> yeah, we. so it's been... A great place to work for me. I've been there 15 years as well. And I get the beautiful opportunity of working across all of our brands in North America as the chief brand officer. You know, I never really kind of expected to move into that role. I joined General Mills in more of the brand management function and running P&Ls and getting to work on brands and businesses. But I had the opportunity to jump back and forth a few different times to be more centralized marketing, communications, advertising, brand building world. And like that for me was where I really found my passion. And so this role kind of was something that as it became an opportunity for me to step into a couple years ago, you get those jobs sometimes where it's like the perfect mix of what you love and what you're passionate about and also 
hopefully what you're good at. And, and this role for me kind of met a lot of that criteria. So I feel super fortunate to be in the job. Um, you know, I mentioned the brands that we have, Cheerios and Lucky Charms and Yoplait, Nature Valley, and all these are brands that I grew up with as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so getting the chance to take those brands and help build them for the next generation is, is really like an honor to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I love that. And there's a CMO that used to work at General Mills. His name was Mark Addix. He was a mentor for me personally. And he'd always said this to everyone in the marketing community of like, leave the brands in a better place than when you inherited them. And I love that because it just means as brand builders, build something better. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're, we're trying to do. And I, my role has the ability to kind of help push that to the next generation, which is really cool. Okay. So that is really, really fascinating. I'm so glad you mentioned CMO. Like a lot of people wonder sometimes the difference and it varies by company and industry between a chief brand officer and a chief marketing officer. Are you both? Or is, do you have a counterpart? And if you do, how does that work? Yeah. So Ivan Pollard is the, is the global chief marketing officer. Mm-hmm. And that was a new role that we added in a couple years ago as well. And so his whole remit is really to come in and get us to be a global marketer. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in all those countries, as I mentioned, our really strong, prevalent place that we operate is the United States and North America. Mm-hmm. And so that's the role that I have is more, more focus on that segment, mm-hmm. which is great. But as we look to push and become more global, Ivan's expertise is really to think about how do we get to that place and how do we think about capabilities and really connecting our global marketplace, which we haven't done as well because everything's been pretty focused on its own market. My role is really then to take North America and figure out how with this big, huge core of the business that's really driving the engine of General Mills, how do we take these brands and find new ways to grow them? And how do we find new ways of growth that are things that we're doing currently today that we can optimize, but more interestingly for me is where can we find new pockets of growth like as marketers to create new markets? And so that's what my organization gets to do. And then it also includes a bunch of different capabilities that our brands utilize from strategic planning to creative, to production, to media, to Mm e-commerce. And so it's really the full suite of an experience, which is we just actually renamed our organization brand experience that we create for consumers. And so Ivan and I work together on a lot of initiatives as he's looking for the globe, but we feed into that to help give a lot of what we're learning out to the community and and vice versa. And, you know, it's, it's a great partnership to have because Ivan specifically brings a really great global perspective. He's worked at Coca-Cola. He's worked in the agency world. And that's a really good balance for a company like General Mills, who a lot of our talent actually has been grown internally. And so to bring external points of view in, I love that because it's been able to give us a lot of diversity in the way we're thinking about things that I think is really important right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have like 18 questions in my head for you already. Um, I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you later about how you think about the internal culture of your organization, especially the marketing team. Yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to table that one for a moment because I want to keep going here on some of the cool things that you're doing with your consumers and the brand that you're, you're demonstrating in the marketplace and building. So what excites you every day when you think about the opportunities? What, and, and how do you think about the new capabilities that are coming down the stream? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. There's lots of good things. Um, so first and foremost, you know, the reason I came and, and continue to stay at General Mills is like, I'm, a, I'm in love with brands. Like the idea of brands has always been fascinating to me. So I grew up in Portland, Oregon and, you know, Nike was always in the backyard and that was like a brand that I was always enamored with. Mm-hmm. And actually last night it was funny. I met somebody that um, is working on Lacoste. And I remember this is such a random brand. It was called like IZOD back in the day. Like I remember, I remember like, that. demanding my mom to buy me those polos, which makes <laughs> me seem like a total dork, which I was, but like because of the alligator on it. And even to this day, like that sticks with me. And so I always loved the idea of brands, the idea that they could tell a story about yourself and an identity that you wanted to be a part of as a person. So that part of my job, I love because again, I mentioned, you know, Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Totino. We have these brands that are like so fun. 
and to be able to work on them and bring them to life in new dynamic ways for consumers and get them to be part of that identity or share something with a brand brings me a ton of joy. The other part of my job that I I am fortunate to be able to do is really to be out front more on the innovation lines. Mm -hmm. And so while we have a lot of capabilities that kind of run the day-to-day marketing, our team has a role in what's the future look like? What's the LRP look like? We call it what's the trajectory of our company look like? Mm -hmm. And so the work that we're doing there to say, okay, we have these great brands. We also have a ton of things in our portfolio to put together different solutions that we should be thinking about for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if if you're a brand manager at General Mills right now and you're working on one of our brands like Fiber One, you're thinking about weight loss. But the way we want to think about weight loss is, well, what if you're a weight loss company? How can we use more of our brands together to create solutions for people that are going to be even more additive to their lives? And so as a consumer first strategy, like most CPGs, we are getting to a place where we know our consumer across this whole spectrum of their life and understand the moments that are triggers for them to need something of some kind of problem to be that we can come in and solve. Mm -hmm. And so as we reorient to that, all of a sudden these solutions become much more obvious and it creates a ton of opportunities that we're figuring out how to go after for new growth. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of energy around that as well, because as a company with all these different categories, we've been kind of fragmented in the way we approach them. And I think there's an opportunity to still build brands and and do the due diligence to make sure those brands are what they can be, but also to think about solutions as a portfolio over the top. That's going to lead us into new businesses, not just in products, but in services and experiences. And that's where that transformation of the company right now is kind of what I get to work on. And I, and that is extremely exciting too. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up because my uh, that's exactly where my head was going is you have so many strong brands under this portfolio and yet if I'm a typical consumer shopping and I buy Lucky Charms, I may not know that that's General Mills. I mean, there's a logo on the box, but I may not know that's General Mills. Like, how do you, can you share a little bit more about how you're thinking about the portfolio strength under the General Mills brand and how to communicate that with consumers? Yeah. I mean, we, a couple mentor kind of brands that we've looked at over the years to say, how are they doing it? Like Procter & Gamble's in a similar situation, Mm -hmm. Unilever's in a similar situation Mm -hmm. where you know who the parent company is, kind of, but you know their brands really, really well. Right. And so we've tried to get to a place to say, okay, how much do we want people to talk about General Mills or how much do we want to talk about individual brands? And we're still more about our individual brands. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's been an opportunity, I think, internally to really start getting us focused on something that feels like it tethers us together more naturally. Mm-hmm. And so we've been really focused at coming up with a mission internally around this idea of being a force for good that we launched uh, about almost about a year ago. And while it seems kind of generic in terms of the way that you know we're saying it, internally it's such a truth for the company culture that people have really rallied around it. And so when General Mills was created 150 years ago, one of the stories we tell, there's our founder, this guy called Walter Washburn, mm-hmm. actually was a philanthropist as well, philanthropist as, well as a uh, business person. Mm-hmm. There was a plant explosion on one of the General plants, and they were so like devastated by that that he focused on actually figuring out how do we make plants more safe for our employees and did a ton of research around that. And then actually learned you know, how to take that knowledge and share it with competitors. And I love that because it's like he wasn't just doing that to make General Mills better. He was doing that to make all the industry better yeah. and, and teach people about that. With these amazing brands, one of the ones we talk about is Betty Crocker. Mm-hmm. Betty Crocker's 100-year-old birthday next year. Mm-hmm. And that was a brand that was actually built out of, say, there's this need for people as World War One was happening. All these right. families were being disrupted. Like, how do we actually create tips and help and solutions for folks as, as that became a very trying time. And so there's these really cool threads of goodness in the company and it's always been in our DNA. And if you go to General Mills, you say, 
what is it about Drummond's that you stay here? It's like, well, this company is the right thing. They do it right all the time. They're just a good company with really good people. I think the word good a few years ago was like, eh, good's, yeah. good's, good's not great. I think good today in the context of what's happening in the world is actually one of the best words. Mm-hmm. And so I love the fact that that can be what is the unifying theme across all of these different brands. It's like we are about good. And so with the mission about being a force for good, we launched these three big pillars. One, around sustainability. So we have this objective to get to a million uh, acres of regenerative agricultural you know, soil in the next 10 years. And that is a huge thing that we can really impact climate change by putting that out there. So we're working with farmers, we're working with all sorts of different groups to say, we need to change the soil because if we don't, there's only about 60 harvests left before it becomes something where it's unusable ground for, for planting crops. Mm-hmm. And General Mills is one of the biggest food manufacturers can have a very active role in that. Mm-hmm. To we want to do something on the other end of the scale, just a billion acts of good. And so we have this, you know, this, this idea that we, whether it's an hour spent of your time as an employee or dollars that you give or things that our brands do or like box tops for education, which is one of our platforms, all these things are good. And so how do we just aggregate that good to do more for the whole of society? And so, you know, this idea that we want to do billions of acts of good is something that's in, that we've said is a corporate commitment. So the reason I share that with you is those things internally are getting us a lot of momentum and excitement. And now you're starting to see it come through our brands and the way that they're showing up. And so when I see stuff, you know, around can, it's all the stuff that brands are doing good, brands are doing good. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But sometimes it doesn't always feel as authentic as it could. It, from General Mills, it's authentic. We just haven't talked about it and we haven't brought it to life in the ways that we can. And that's why I'm really excited about what is getting people excited about marketing is because that goodness needs to come out and now it's starting to come out in our brands. That was I, a really long answer. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was no. like, can you please be a little more succinct on that? <laughs> yeah, no. no, I absolutely love it. It's, it's fantastic. And Gosh, there's so much in what you just said there, like a billion acts for good. I don't even know how you begin to measure all that and and track it all. But you mentioned there were three pillars. What was the third pillar? Yeah, the third is as a food company, we have, I think, this opportunity and, and really an obligation to help really solve the hunger gap that's out there. And so in the next 10 years, by 2030, we want to help provide over 100 million meals out there specifically for, for kids um, in need that are hungry. Right now, there's still some statistics out there are saying one in eight kids goes hungry. And especially during the times in the summer, you know, when kids are out of school and schools aren't around to help provide some of that meal solution, there's not enough food to go around, which in this world, that should not be a problem. And so Journals is actively trying to help figure that out, which again is another reason to be really proud of working there. Yeah. Okay, so you, you painfully remind me of a time in my life where... I was working in Northwest Arkansas, working with a small little retailer over there. And I was actually on a consumer products brand and a lot of the products we manufactured were for children. And Mm. we discovered there was a tremendous uh, hunger problem right there in the backyard. And a lot of people don't realize that hunger with children is so prevalent all around them. They think it's in some other place and it's not. Um, so we partnered with the food bank and we uh, were part of a thing called a backpack program. And I think it's really important that people are aware that there are many, many kids that go to school every day. And when they come home on Friday afternoon, they don't eat until they go back on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And so the backpack program was a secret program oh. when they were out at recess that the teachers would slip these um, pockets of food inside their uh, backpacks so they could actually 
have something to eat before they came back on Monday. Mm. It's devastating um, and it's prevalent. And so I, I'm thank you for your efforts in saying what you're planning to do because it's going to have a huge impact. That's the benefit I think of working for a company like General Mills that, that has it as in a DNA, but also is as big as it is that can have that impact with scale to change something. And that, you know, for businesses today, that's the exciting thing. I think businesses have to stand up and do more to make the changes that we all see as those in front of us. And when we that knowledge is so powerful to know that, that that's actually happening, that kids are struggling like that. And then it has the flywheel effect on the negative side that it has is they're hungry, they're not as gonna be as alert, and they're not gonna learn as much in school, and then all of a sudden that becomes an issue. And so mm-hmm. there's so many problems I think that, that companies can solve. You know, I mentioned Box Tops, which is a program that we've had that's been around for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's donated nearly a billion dollars to schools. And I, my parents were teachers, so like I'm super passionate personally about that. But right now, teachers are still having to pay out of their own pockets for snacks for classrooms or for supplies for classrooms because they don't have enough money for the students throughout the whole year. And so again, these are just opportunities I think as that program specifically helps give school supplies, pencils and notebooks and books and things that they can actually learn with. Mm -hmm. But there's still more to do and there's so, so much of an opportunity. So it's fine, it's really cool to find other partners that want to do that stuff together because it's even more powerful. Absolutely, what we were just saying before we started recording, if you want to go fast, Go it alone. Yeah. If you want to go far, go together. Not by me. That was that that proverb has been around for many many years. But there's another example of that. Yeah. Well, I I think you should take credit for it because I like I love it. I'm gonna actually use that as well. It's a great. That's a super smart thing to say. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm definitely gonna have to give Greg Walsh a heads up because he's the one who told me that first. <laughs> Thank you, Greg Walsh, for Spencer Stewart. Um. Uh. Okay. So very cool. All right. So now you just gave me something else I want to talk to you about, but we don't have enough time to go deep in all these things. So let me see. I have two questions for sure we're going to cover. You just mentioned your parents were teachers. I want to learn more about your background and where you got started. But before we go there, uh, let's come back to what we talked about earlier, which is the brand on the outside. Now the brand on the inside. How do you connect the two and how do you think about the culture within General Mills? I think culture is probably personally the most important thing for me and why I want to stay at a company and for who I get to work with and what you actually can have some hand on creating. But as everyone knows, it's so difficult to create that and Mm -hmm. it comes through actions and it comes through the things that you do every day that really, I think, creates it versus saying, well, this is the culture that we're going to have. I think our brands and the way that they show up, though, externally, I think the connectivity between between culture and like what businesses you're in is really like critical. And so I know as even our brands have become much more consistent and focused, hey, there's different consumers that are out there that we may have been not reaching as much as we should before. We want to bring them into the fold and think about them more, whether that's through diversity or gender or whatever else. That has a huge influence on the people that are working inside the company and the culture of embracing diverse perspectives and embracing people that look like me. And so, you know, by us as a company marketing or building our brands with those consumers, if that group represents me internally, then I feel really even more empowered by that. And so I think those things work together really well. So as a company, we're really great at scale and efficiency and executing really well. On the flip side, I think we have this opportunity to bring what we're calling a growth mindset to the company and saying, hey, curiosity and resiliency when you get knocked down and the ability to grow and learn every day, all day, is really important to put those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, that's part of the culture that's, I think, a newer muscle for us to stretch again, mm-hmm. just because we've been so disrupted as a food industry over the last decade or so, we've had to almost take a step back and say, okay, now we've got to think about growth. 
how should we do that? And so that's been another part of our culture, I think, that we're still trying to build mm-hmm. back into us. But that's also, it gives me so much optimism because there's just so many opportunities with that disruption. And, and as people are seeing, this is a culture of growth. It's getting us to then think about innovation in a whole totally different light, which I think will lead us down paths of, of things that we haven't done before. Yeah, 100% agree. And, and what's really interesting is in, we, when we were talking before, you mentioned and you reminded me of this, which is you are from Minneapolis. And so how do you think about bringing in the right talent to Minneapolis to be able to fuel that innovation? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about Minneapolis and not being from there is when you get to Minneapolis, it's one of the great cities to work for. And there is a lot of Fortune 500 companies that are in that ecosystem. And so it's great because a lot of talent has been kind of imported in from other places. You know, as a big company, we do a lot of recruiting from around the country and around the world. And I think General Mills has really been leading the way in terms of the kinds of candidates that we bring on from many diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. The consortium program, which is actually built on bringing in diverse candidates, was something that General Mills actually founded. And so when we are part of that, like we have a great, I think, ability to go out and get the most talented people from anywhere. I think where there's opportunity for for our company, and we've been focused on diversity and inclusion, but still want to do more, is when we get people into the doors, how do we set them up for the most success possible so that we can not only like retain talent, but really accelerate them to get into positions where they can have even a bigger impact. And so that's where the work is really, I think for us continuing. And I know we work with other companies in the Minneapolis area to really do that. Just so as the city gets more and more diverse, like our companies are representing that diversity. Important obviously for the culture of the company, but also important for how we're gonna grow. Mm-hmm. Cause we need those, just everyone knows, I think that you need those distinct points of view. You need the diversity of thought to be able to innovate and keep up with the way that things are changing. So I'm excited about that but there's opportunity I think for us to do even better. Awesome. Okay, cool. And we could have a whole podcast on that topic alone, which <laughs> I might you. come back and ask you for at one point. Um, <clears throat> but you are of diverse background. So let's go back to where, where you came from, where you started. Uh, you said your parents were teachers. So yeah. tell me about your background. Yeah. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and so I grew up in Portland and then I grew up in Seattle, but my dad is from Hawaii. And so he grew up on Maui and then moved to go to Oregon for school. I met my mom who grew up in the Northwest as well. And so it was interesting that they both went into education because when I was a kid, you know, coming from an Asian father, even though Hawaii is like way more laid back, there's still like the Asian thread of like, do you really well in school? So my parents were like heavily involved with homework and everything else, but they're also like heavily involved in my school specifically, which at the time as elementary school was cool, but as I got a little bit older, not as cool, <laughs> but they would bring in other education programs even to our school. So my mom created this art literacy program when I was a kid, which she would bring in these really cool art projects and we would do them with our class and was supplementing the art projects that were happening like in the school. And so arts really was a big part of my life growing up. So whether that was drawing or piano or band or other things that I did or acting, like I love that part. And my parents were really, that was a really important thing for them to bring to my sister and I's lives. And so that coupled with a focus on making sure, you know, you get the most out of school, I think for me was helpful because it was really a right brain, left brain flex that I was able to get between those two things and be creative but also be logical. And I think going into brand management for me was an obvious kind of career path because, you know, in marketing, you have to be creative, but you also have to run a business and you have to see the bigger picture, but you also have to get stuff done. And I feel like we've, you know, did a presentation here the other day about and people. And I think that has helped me become kind of an and person of, you know, I want to see the big picture. I want to set a path for growth. I want to see the North Star, but I also know how to 
have to get stuff done because if I can't execute it, then it doesn't really matter. And I've been able to be fortunate to find super smart people that have that same perspective and ability. And we are able to like really embed that into what the work we want to do from a culture perspective, my mom, you know, and, and dad being in the Northwest, like we grew up in Seattle. And at the time, Technology was booming, Microsoft and Amazon was coming up. So there was this kind of hustle mentality and I felt that, like, what's my career? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna make am I gonna make my first dollar? I juxtaposed that when we go to Hawaii for like long vacations and my cousins were like not thinking about that at all. Right. They were thinking about let's go to the beach and let's like go hang out for the day and surf and I don't even know if I'm gonna go to college. And so that was a very different process for me, because on the one hand I'm like, okay, I gotta think about planning my whole future where I'm going. On the other hand, it was like I just am trying to figure out like what kind of uh, shape ice I'm going to have today. Um, and so I'm trying, I think those things like live in the moment, but also plan for the future has been something I've been trying to bring with me as well. And so those are lessons background that I think have helped me in my career, but also um, make me very, very thankful for my parents that they were able to give me those different perspectives. Oh, I love it. And you literally just took one of the questions away from me because I was going to ask you for tips, but um, I'm sure you've got more of them. So what's your favorite career tip that somebody's ever given you or that you've discovered along the way? Yeah, my favorite one is always find your passion mm -hmm. and just trust your gut with it and lean into it. And I think things will work out. And that sounds like super like, oh, it's like kind of zenny, but <laughs> it's hard sometimes to let go and feel like you don't have to micromanage every single step of your career. Like, if I don't do this, I don't do that. But I found that, and General Mills has been a place that I've, the reason I've stayed so long is I've always felt like I've landed in a really great spot for myself. And I haven't overly concerned myself to it too much. I never really worried about it that much. I just would do the work. And, I, and at the end of the day, if my career ends there or in somewhere else and I, I don't make it, like I'm totally at peace with that because it's meant to be and the next thing will come and trust that that's the right thing. But as long as I'm passionate about whatever I do, and I tell this to people that I work with, like if you find passion in it, like you get excited about going to work. Like for me, going to work, it's it's awesome. Like I, I'm literally excited to go to work. I get to work with super smart people. I get to learn stuff all the time. I get to work on these really cool brands. I get to work with all these great agency partners that come in and challenge us. And so for me, I've trusted that. I'm really passionate about it. And when that runs out or changes, then I'll go do something different. But I think people should follow that because it'll lead them to happiness. I love that. Okay. Well, that's a perfect way for me to bring the last question in, which is if you weren't doing what you were doing and money and talent were no object, take those off the table. <laughs> that's, that's already been taken off the table. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? I think what I would do, I mean, I wish I was talented enough to, to play some level of professional sport. I mean, I still love playing sports and as I get older and older, that's harder and harder to do. But in what, this scenario that you, you have that's true. You said talent is no, yeah. is no object, no right? object. You're, you're talented at everything in the world. Oh, and that's so all great the money in the world. So you don't have to worry about that. Oh, so I could, I don't actually have to work. I no? could do whatever uh, I wanted to no. do. You could do anything you want. You know, I'd love to say, and I would go with my family and like live in Hawaii and take life day by day, but I don't think I would do that. I, I really honestly think what I would want to do is be in an even more creative place for life where I could actually like explore all of these different places where art and music and and drama and all these things that I love to do kind of on the side could be more a part of my day-to-day -day and spend on that and if I was more talented at it then I could actually like figure out a way to maybe monetize that versus like <laughs> doing it now for fun for myself so I think I would actually try to figure out how I could do more creation not necessarily just only in artistic mode but like creating new businesses and creating different ways to improve life. And if I had all the money and talent in the world, then actually a lot of the things we talked about up front in terms of how do you make the world a better place? You know, education and kid welfare for me are like huge like personal issues. And I think as I get older, 
those things become even more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in a position like this to make those kinds of changes with a company, if I could do it myself, I would spend more and more of my time on that because I've got kids, they're in school, you see the world ahead of what's gonna happen and I feel like it's my responsibility now to help make that that better for them and for that generation. And so that's that would be super motivating for me to be able to put a ton of time and energy into that. Well, uh, thank you so much for that. It seems like you're already making great strides with all these incredible programs that you have and will be putting into action to help in some degree move the needle there. So thank you for your efforts there and thank you for being here with me today. Thank, oh, thank, the, uh, your questions are so great. I mean, seriously. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And it's awesome just to get to talk to you and learn about all the great stuff you're doing too, which hopefully um, I can be a part of in the future. Oh, we look forward to it. Um, so thanks again and have a super rest of your day. You too. Thanks. thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.